Welcome to episode nine of Rebellion Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving our kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and messy stories. In this podcast, we hear real stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. The hope is that these stories will connect us and allow us to continue to grow into the men fatherhood is calling us to be. I recorded this episode about three weeks ago. It took me a couple of days to mentally recover from my conversation. Um, It was very humbling. And I just got done editing it and I'm a little bit lost for words. My friend Matt shares his story, really without any tears. He shows how he embraced life, the mess, and all. I think if you are in the middle of a messy battle yourself with family and relationships, I think that this episode is one that should really help you find some encouragement. Matt is incredibly strong, uh, an incredibly strong father. And it's not just his words that give us hope that we can be stable and consistent and fight through anything. But it's the reality of his story. It's as you sit back and you you soak it all in and you see how he was consistent and really to be consistent in waking up daily and deciding to not be a victim. This podcast is about fatherhood, but I also want to throw out this big aha and acknowledgement to Matt's wife, Sarah, you know, hearing his story, keep in the back of your mind that there is this marriage, there's this love, there's this consistent relationship and just the strength that comes from a partnership to live life together and to attack life together. So get ready because this episode is about to get pretty real. I have my friend Matt here in the office. Hi, Matt. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Good. Um, Matt and I have known each other for probably t- almost 10 years now. Um, our, we met because our daughters started kindergarten together. Kindergarten, right? yes, sir. And now they're about to be going into eighth grade. Trippy. Which is crazy. They're outside running around um, being too cool probably at this stage. But uh, the first time hanging out with Matt, I just really appreciate you as a dad, dude. You're a good dad. I see you work your tail off for your family and you really love your kids yeah i appreciate that and i mean it man i see i just see that and and uh you're there you're intentional with it dude and and that's uh that's something to be proud of yeah i think the first time we actually met was at uh, donuts for dads at carlin's coppin girls were in kindergarten dude that's crazy just donuts uh for father's day trying to fatten us up yeah that's right yeah well, cool. To give uh, people a little bit of understanding of who is Matt, how long have you been married? Uh, my wife and I, Sarah, have been married for 15 years. Nice work. Uh, how many kids do you have and how old are they? So I got three girls, uh, Ashley, 19, Sienna, 13, and little Paigey, she's two. Really spread them out there. Yeah, man, it was uh, <laughs> trippy. That's awesome. How old are you? Uh, 39. I'll turn the big 4-0 in January. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. 
And uh, what do your kids call you? Or what are some of the names that they've called you over the years, appropriate names? <laughs> uh, you know, um, for the longest time, uh, my oldest one called me daddy. I thought it was pretty cool. Even sure. into like, uh, you know, middle school when, when she thought she was cool. And uh, so they just call me dad. You know, the little ones call me daddy. Until they grow out of it, huh? Until they grow out of it. This is dad. Better than our first names, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, all right. So when you're not being awesome dad, sports, running around, doing all that, most of us got to get up and go do something during the day to uh, bring home some money. So what does that look like for you? Yeah. So I work in a, a laboratory for Sutter. And I've worked there for um, 19 years since my oldest daughter was one year old. Dang. Yeah. That's a yeah, long time. Long good time. place to be. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Nice. Um, what has been one of the best resources to you as a dad? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, I, I got to say my wife, uh, my oldest daughter is her stepdaughter, and she's been helping me raise her since she was about two and a half. We got married when she was three. So uh, just she's been a great resource watching her dad uh, be a father and learn from him and then just uh, kind of winging it, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. So as you know, rebel and create are words I live by. Um, it reminds me to rebel against the view that my actions have little impact and uh, create a life engaged in, in mastering the craft of fatherhood. And rebel and create means so much. I can apply it to so many areas of my life. But what's something that you're rebelling against right now? You know, I think right now, with the turning 40 in January, I'm just trying to rebel against the stereotypical 40-year-old dad. You know, um, just want to stay uh, as young and fit and, and live life to the fullest with my kids and do stuff and take my family places. And I was at the mall yesterday with uh, my 13-year-old, and I was pointing out dad clothes, and I was telling her, <laughs> this is how I'm going to start dressing now. Yeah. And she was just like, no. And so, you know, just trying not to... Uh, Try not to uh, get too old on them and just try yeah. to still be fun and and uh, just not so, be that stereotypical father. Yeah, so as you're rebelling against that, what are a couple things that you are creating out of that? Relationships with my kids, you know, um, going to the gym with my daughter, working out, you know. Um, you guys started going to boxing class together recently, Yeah, right? yeah. So I did boxing for a long time. Uh, actually kind of ended, you know, not the best way. Uh had too many concussions, ended up getting a brain bleed, which was really super scary. Um, stayed away from boxing for like the last seven, seven years and uh, since that happened. And then just recently I took my daughter back to the old gym I used to work out at and trained at for a lot of years. And um, so she's she's uh, working out there the last few weeks and just kind of came full circle. It's really fun. It's pretty fun. special to be able to take her back to that same gym. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Very sentimental and she's really enjoying it and uh, it's just nice to see your kids learning something that, you know, you had a passion for and them getting a passion for it as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. I'm interrupting this important conversation that you probably just started getting into with a big announcement. During the month of November and the beginning of December 2019, I need your help and this is all hands on deck. I've created a daily journal designed to help dads like you and I stay focused on being the engaged and intentional fathers we desire to be. Do you ever feel like I do sometimes, like you're not cutting it, you're not hitting the mark as a father? Well, my hope is that this journal would be one tool that could help you get there. But 
It will not come to market unless it is funded. We are doing this through a crowdfunding website where it's all or nothing. So please go to our Instagram or Facebook at Rebel and Create and follow links to our Kickstarter campaign for the Fatherhood Legacy Journal. Or you can go to kickstarter.com and in the search put in Fatherhood Legacy Journal or Rebel and Create Fatherhood Legacy Journal and it'll pop up and we need your help. So please buy a journal for yourself, for a friend, or for a dad that you know. We would so appreciate it because... We believe fatherhood matters and we're doing all we can to spread the word and create tools that will help support dads everywhere. And now back to that important conversation you were just getting into. So as you know, the podcast is really designed around what's a real story from your life that we think there's other dudes out there who are either in that situation or may find themselves in that situation that they can either be turned on to this story or hear it and, and hopefully know that, A, they're not alone and there's hope. So, I mean, I think from probably one of the very first times of meeting you, sharing some of your story, um, I was just always like, man, that guy cares about life and cares about people and his family. And so I'd love to hear the story and just talk about when you found out that you were having your first kid and, and how old you were and where you were in life at the time. And uh, yeah, we'll just go from there and see where the roller coaster takes us. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and act like being a parent is easy or, you know, it's very difficult at times, but it's it's so rewarding. Yeah. Um, so my story started, uh, I was 19 years old um, when I found out that I was going to be a father and um, I was a pretty troubled kid at the time, uh, you know, got got a little trouble at school, uh, had some substance abuse issues I was dealing with and um, was dating a girl on and off, uh, more off than on. And then uh, got a phone call from her after not talking to her for a couple of months, telling her that she or she was telling me, excuse me, that uh, she was pregnant uh, with a child that was mine. And so um, I really had to step it up and turn my life around. So 19 years 19, old. 19, yes, sir. Just, you're, you were you still in high school or you just No, I actually, uh, I actually got expelled from high school a few months earlier uh, for just getting in lots of trouble, drinking at school, fighting at school, and um, lived in Yuba City. I grew up in Yuba City, uh, was a honker, actually moved up to Grass Valley with my mom. She had moved up there for a job and... And uh, just met this girl, and it was just a wild 19-year-old, and uh, didn't have her care in the world, didn't really care about myself much, didn't really care about life much, and um, come to find out, I was going to be a father. And so, so when you got that phone call, how was that? How, how was that at 19, getting that phone call? So yeah, so she called me and told me to come over to her and her, her dad's apartment, and uh, had some news to tell me. So I stopped by, and she let so, me know. So... I mean, were you like kind of tripping? I was tripping, yeah. Like, what's going on type yeah, thing. Had yeah. to talk to her in a couple months. Got there and her and her dad were there and they're like, she's like, I'm pregnant. And her dad is sitting there too. Yeah, yeah. Dang. So I dropped to my knees and started crying. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just in front of both of them. And, uh, you know, I think, and then I went home and, you How know. How was her dad? He was cool about it. You know, not the greatest, you know, not the uh greatest family so you know is what it is it kind of was what it was you know yeah. so and then i went home told my mom same thing did a lot more crying but i think for me like i understood the severity of it right off the bat kind of 
um, because I didn't have the best childhood growing up. Didn't have a dad really in my life consistently. My mom was married, you know, five times. Uh, had a lot of boyfriends in and out. You know, had a pretty rough childhood, home life, I guess you can say. So that was something that I always wanted to break the mold. And I knew that as a child and, um, you know, as a young adult that I wasn't going to be that parent. And so when I found that out, I think it hit me really hard. I think I remember telling my mom, like, my life is over. You know, my life's going to change. And so I think at that moment I started living for uh, my kid instead of myself. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty deep. It was heavy. Yes, sir. And it's like, how do you how do you have that perspective? I mean, you were still being a punk kid, even though you knew at some point you wanted to have a more stable life. Right. Right. Or maybe not you, but you wanted that for any children that you had. So, I mean, I think how many 19 year olds or whatever, somebody who's screwing around in life, kind of not taking it serious yet, which is fine. How many respond that way? I don't know. Or do they get the option to respond that way? Like, I mean, your mom was supportive. Yeah, my mom was supportive um, for the most part. I mean, she's you know, I think bummed, my, but... She, I think, you know, in her mind, I think she thought abortion would have been the best option at that point. You know, but that was never an uh, option for me. It was okay. never a thought. I don't know, man. Maybe just because that's a tough question. It just never was. It just never crossed my mind. You know, I just knew that I was going to own that responsibility, you know, and um, I think for me, like, so what I think is like, as a as a child, you watch your parents, you know, you watch yeah. them, they, you watch them raise you. And um, you're either going to do one of two things, you're going to be a parent like they are, whether that's positive or negative, you know, and if it is negative, I think you see that and you want to break that mold. Yeah. You know, and for me, I always wanted to break that mold. You know, growing up as a kid and watching me and my sisters go through some pretty hard times, I always was like, I'm not going to do that to my kids. I'm not going to be that type of parent. So I think even though I had a lot of issues and I, I was a, you know, pretty wild 19 year old punk kid, I think at that moment I knew that I had to step it up, you know, and I think that probably was a God thing. I think I was a blessing because I want to be where I am today. If I wouldn't have had my daughter at 19. So. Is there anything that you think. Anything else you think that helped you make that decision. I just go. Okay there's other people who are in that situation. Like how is your perspective so on like that. It would just. It just was. It just was that. That's a, Yeah. And you know what. Looking back like I couldn't even tell you. Like I didn't have a tons of ton of support. You know, I, my mom was always great, but, um, you know, not until my wife came along did I ever have a, a healthy person in my life that, you know, supported me like that, you know? Yeah, and I think that's, you know, the next the next part to this story is when I hear that, I'm like, all right, cool, man. So then it must have just been awesome. So his life changed and, you know, this girl ended up being cool and they're raising this daughter together. Yeah, Dude, yeah. it was not that at all. <laughs> it was quite the opposite, and yeah. And you stuck it out. Yeah, so I um, actually moved in with my daughter's mom uh, after she was born. And it was it was pretty rough. It was pretty rough. Um, and why did you guys do that? Because I, 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 felt, I felt the obligation 
you know, wanted to... By least, her or just by society or by the kid? Probably I mean, society and just I wanted to be with my daughter. Right. You know, once she was born, like, once I knew I was having a daughter for one, and then once she was born, you know, it was just, um, I just wanted to be there. I wanted to be with her. And so, yeah, we tried to make it work, and it was a very volatile relationship. Um, How old was she? She's a couple years older than me, so she was 21, 21, 22, and... Um, so we tried to make that work and it didn't work out. And then we ended up splitting up. And I felt like after we split up, she always wanted to kind of get back at me. It was always kind of angry, resentful towards me. So then, yeah, I think then shit kind of hit the fan after that. You know, my daughter went through a lot of stuff uh, with her mom. And um, I was in and out of court a lot. Spent tens of thousand dollars in court trying to just keep the 50-50 custody that they would give me. So um, I would be able to see her, you know, half the week. Uh, you know, I remember at one point I was working down, um, I was working in Auburn at the Sutter and I was living in Yuba city and I would drive my daughter from Yuba city to her house in grass Valley. So that's like what? So you drive 45 minutes, drop her off, drive to work in Auburn, which is another 20 and then go home to Yuba city or go back to grass Valley and get her, go home. And I would do that three, four times a week, you know, and then, um, you know, and then her mom's, um, home life just got really, really, you know, tough and, and there were a lot of issues, a lot of things I didn't approve of. So I would be in court, you know. At um, 20, 21, 22? How old are you? 22. I, was, I probably was in court from 21 to 28 to, to like seven, eight years. It was just, it was tough. So you got a job. So you, you, you get pregnant. You're like, I'm figuring this out. You start looking for jobs. So actually, this and this is a, a blessing. So my my daughter's um, mom, her aunt worked at Auburn Faith Hospital. Great, great Christian lady, and she saw that I was a uh, um, you know really trying to make it work, really working jobs. Um, I worked at a pottery studio, and um, great family took me in young. Worked there for like three and a half years, working in a pottery studio. They went out of business, so I actually got laid off. And I uh, was working at a golf course. My uh, daughter's aunt, she said, hey, you want to come be a phlebotomist? I was like, what's that? You know, I didn't know what that was. So I went in, did the interview. They ended up hiring me, training me on the job. And it just, I'm still there today. So like, in a sense, like I'm really in debt to, to my daughter's aunt. She really helped me out, you know, and I wouldn't be where I am today. job is huge. It's if huge, man. Be, yeah. I mean, one for the kid. Right, right. Because at 20 years old, trying to get a you know, good job With and benefits, yeah, benefits yeah, yeah, dropped out or got expelled out of high school. Right, right. Dude, and then you're going to court for seven years, so you need this stable income job. Right, yeah. And then um and actually uh probably when I was about twenty I started going to Sierra College taking classes and ended up uh that's when I ended up meeting my wife and um yeah, I got a few associates degrees, you know, I feel like I got a pretty good, you know, junior college education got you know a lot of prereqs for to move up in the healthcare field and yeah so it really opened up a lot of avenues for me really helped me get you know my life on track yeah it's been it was it, like i said i mean i think this whole process like there's a lot of up and downs and there's a lot of really really tough things and heavy things that have happened but i also think that uh there were a lot of a lot of blessings that really paved the way too you know i think that's just life in general though yeah i mean i think life is life is super freaking messy but there's a lot of good too. But like we're sitting here talking about it, we could be focusing on how shitty certain things were or 
looking at the positive things that you happen to say yes to. Right. You know, because right. you, you could have said no to a lot of this stuff that didn't help set you on this right path. But like, Absolutely. you're telling me you're 20 years old. You kind of no friend life anymore. Absolutely not. I mean, I still um, had a lot of good friends, but they were doing different things, you know. Yeah, they're not going to college. No. Going no. to court. No. Raising a kid. Working full driving time. Driving an hour and a half no, every day. No. I missed, a, I missed out on a lot of the uh, bar hopping with the buddies when I was 21, you know. When you yeah. actually could drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What was it that kept, I mean, what kept you going to keep fighting? That's just a great question, man. Like I know, I know, I wish I had like an answer to that, but I think what it was, was just like, you know, you, you, for me, like I didn't care about myself. Like I would do drugs and drink and party and be wild. And I didn't care about the repercussions. I didn't care if I hurt myself or who I hurt. But uh, I think when you have a little girl, you know, a little baby, and you become a father, like you care about something, you know, you really, you, you love something. And I think that for me, that's what it was, man. I just needed love in my life. Mm. And, um, I think that's what I got, you know, and I think it really made me turn my life around. And, you know, even, uh, with my other kids, I feel the same way. It's like, I just, I just, you have that, you know, I always say like, you know, marriage is great, but being a parent, is unconditional love. Your kids love you unconditionally. Yeah. You can be a shitty parent. Your kids are going to love you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's kind of sucks to say. It's rad. It's rad, but it's like you wish those kids could move on from those shitty parents. But true, you true. ask anybody at any age and they've got something to say about their mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And that's really what's important to me about talking about fatherhood is you ask anybody at any age, they got something to say about their dad. Right. Whether he was there and he was awesome, he was there and he was a dick. Or he wasn't anywhere, and it still bothers me. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Hmm. So I think for me, yeah, it was just loving something and caring about something. And, um, you know, maybe a little self-worth. I have some self-worth. Yeah, you know? a little purpose in life. A purpose in life. There you go. Absolutely. But what's cool is that you accepted this situation, and, and, and it, it, you embraced it, and you kept embracing it. You know, Absolutely. And, and you had said that you're in court because you're trying to keep custody, right? So tell me a little bit about that. Was there um, pretty easy to find resources as a young dad to uh, find people to speak on your behalf to go in and try to fight for your daughter? No, no. It's actually really tough. You know, you got to um, – so there's like a free, free um, legal help at the courthouse – you got to be the first in line eight in the morning. You got to get there at seven. You go in, you stand in line for two, three hours. You get your hour with the attorneys that are just trying to help you out. You know, they help you file your motions and you go in and out of court. You know, court was, um, court was rough. I remember the first time I went to court, um, the judge had said something. Um, and I said, Oh, and all due respect, your honor, you know, and she looked at me and said, don't say that to me. That means you think I'm wrong and you think I'm an idiot. And that was my first experience with a judge. Um, I will say for my experiences, I can't speak for other people's, but the court is rough on fathers. I fought for, um, you know, full custody for my daughter for many, many years. And um, 
just just never would make any changes. I paid for something that was called like a 3110 where they do an investigation into households and backgrounds. And they said that, you know, the conclusion was that everything I had brought to the courts were true. My daughter was getting left alone. She was getting left with strange people. You know, um, my daughter was acting out at school. My daughter was being sexually provocative at school and at a young age, at a very young age. And I would go to the courts and I would tell them this and I would show them documentation. And they said, yeah, this guy is going to college. He owns a house at this point. He's married and he's got a great job. And yes, what he's saying is true, but at this time, we're not going to change anything. We're just going to leave everything the same. So we kept doing that. We kept going back and forth. CPS would get involved a lot. And it got really ugly, really messy. And um, I ended up finally getting full custody of my daughter when she was in second grade. Um, Third grade, she come to live with us. But her mother was still allowed to get, um, you know, every other weekend, summers, and the reason I got full custody, fine, or not even full custody, I think it was just physical custody, was because her mother got in trouble for statutory rape with a minor. And so when they, when, you know, and I found that out um, from one of her family members in Nevada County. I lived in Placer County at the time. And so I brought that to the judge's attention. So that was one of the things that really finally got me to get her to at least come live with me and go to school. And she was in um, second grade at the time, second or third grade. Yeah, second grade. So, yeah, so that was finally that. But she was still really involved with her and her life. And then, you know, I'd like to say things got better from there. But that was just kind of the beginning of, um, you know, just more things to come. So, dude, I mean, I just I have chills. I mean, I like our kids are our kids. Yeah, it was rough. Like there are kids. This bro. is my baby girl. Yeah, yeah that's your yeah. baby, and you know, and you're doing all the damn homework. You are, you are, you're doing everything. Yeah, and, and I wasn't perfect either, you know. I mean, but I mean, I was never in trouble with the law. Never yeah. got a DUI. Never got fired from a job. You know, I just was learning how to be a parent. But yeah, yeah. So definitely, our household was the better household. And we wanted to provide that for her. And the court system just wasn't willing to let that happen. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was a father, you know, and that's a sad thing to say. And I even see some things now, you know, like fathers have every other weekend. And I mean, that's rough. That's rough. You know, see your kid four days a month. Like unless you're doing something really bad or you're a dirtbag or, you know, you're not you're not trying to be a good parent. Yeah, you're not stable. Exactly. Then that's ridiculous. Like you know, you should be able to see your child as a parent or as a father. For whatever reason, and I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody. Kind of like you said, this was your experience, right? But it does have this sense that in our culture, I would say, if if you were to ask a hundred people, you know, who's more important in your life, it'd be the mom, right? True. And 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 I'm not saying that the dad's more, but it, there's an equal need. Equal need. I agree. Yeah. You know, our kids need both. And it's not because, oh, I'm so masculine and my wife's feminine or whatever. No, it's just, it's just that, that community, right? Well, you learn and you learn different life lessons and you learn how to behave differently from your father and from your mother. Mothers are extremely important. Don't get me wrong. I was raised by a single mom, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, you need that. You need that father figure in your life, I think. So... You fight and fight, and when you're with your daughter, you spend the time with her, and you try to show her what a stable home looked like. And how is that? 
just because I know so many dads are out there, how do you stay positive when you are had your weekend and then you're sending your kid home and you don't feel like it's the best? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you not just freaking become an alcoholic and just kind of give up? Well, I think that um, you got to just keep pushing through because you know what's best and just pray on it and just live your life in a positive manner so that way someday you can make that change. You know, you asked me earlier, like, what drove me? And I think that probably like that negativity I was sending her back to all the time probably drove me. Just to keep to, working to, on to it. Just to keep working. Be a better parent. Be a better person. Be a better father. Um, well, that, I mean. But just, it's terrible. It's terrible. I mean, you're sending your little girl home for, you know, days at a time or, you know, and you just don't know what's going on. Or you do know what's going on. That's even worse. So, yeah, that's that's really tough. And unfortunately, that's something I think that happens on a weekly in the society, man. I mean, it's just tough, you know. So I think, yeah, you just got to keep um, fighting the good fight. And that's what I did. You know, I just kept see, fighting yeah, the good you fight. Used it, you used it to fight on the good. Right. Right? Like you're like, I'm going to focus on the good and I'm going to do what I know is right. I'm going to do what I know I can. Do what you know you can. And it's so, and you know, that's funny you say that because you're so helpless. You're leaving, you're leaving your child's future in the hands of court or people that you know she shouldn't be with, you know, or he, what, whatever, you know. And so, yeah, that's, that's tough, man. It'll, it'll eat you up. It'll eat you alive. But you just got to stay the course. You know, that's, that's the only advice I can say. Stay the course because it'll pay off in the long run. And I would like to say after all that happened, things got better. But unfortunately for, you know, my story, things actually even ended up getting worse after that. Do you want to talk about that or no? Yeah, yeah. So um, so from, you know, got, got the little girl to come live with me when she was in second or third grade. And uh, she lived with me all through elementary school. And, you know, her mom was involved, you know, maybe a Wednesday, every other weekend, summer times. Um, she got into middle school, started really turning things around. Uh, one thing that I would like to say is the more positivity that I gave my daughter, the more she pushed me away, the more she didn't want it, the more she she sided with her mom, and I was always the bad guy. Why, so, so why do you bring that up? Because I think that's important for, for someone who's going through my situation to understand, like, you know, I, I kind of joke, you know, with some other parents. I'm like, yeah, if you're pissing your kids off, that means you're being a good parent. You know, because she she wanted to push that away. She she wanted to be with her mom. She you know, her mom would sneak her phones. Her mom would sneak her things and pick her up when I was at work or, you know, just and she just wanted to be with her mom. The more that I tried to set boundaries and try to point her in the right direction, the more she would rebel against it, rebel against me and my household and my wife. And and so I think that's important, too, because. That's hard. That's hard to always have to be the bad guy. How was her relationship with with your wife? Oh, it was really tough. It was really tough. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was obviously she probably felt like my wife was a replacement for her mother. And my wife set boundaries. And, you know, my wife's family, her parents are still married. She's got a couple sisters. You know, they're pretty, you know, healthy family you know i mean for the most part yeah family's family right right but a great family you know grew up in a small town and so you know for her to step in and be helping me raise this troubled child through all these situations and this baggage that i have you know um 
Yeah, so my daughter really, really gave her a run for her money, really gave her a hard time. And she and came in when, when your daughter was four. Two. Two. We got so, married when she was three. Gotcha. So she, I mean, she was... In, She'd been through the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So I think that... Dude, that's a good lady, man. Man, so yeah, you know, a lot of women would not have put up with it, you know, and um, I think a lot of a lot of um, people, women women or man would have left that situation i mean even you i mean we look at this and go dude frick you guys are strong people like that's a lot dude yeah it's a lot it's a lot to then say okay we we, we've been married 15 years and granted life and marriage is messy but you've been married you're still together you've been through super hard times and now you're at the end of it and so it's like i mean we always got to keep working on our marriages and stuff but dude that's awesome Right. So sorry, I kind of cut no, you no, off. that's fine. So, um, so when my daughter started turning around. She started playing basketball. Basket. She really got into basketball. Um, she got picked up with an AAU team and um, was really building friendships at uh, the school that she went to. And then, um, you know, when she was seventh grade, she was seventh grade going into eighth grade. So actually, the exact same age that my daughter, my middle daughter, is now. So my daughter, my middle daughter is going to be an eighth grader next year. She went to the, spend the summer with her mom. So, um, you know, I would see her on the weekends or like every other weekend during the summer, you know, checking with her, have her here and there. But the court was saying her mom gets her for the summers. So daughter comes back, you know, going into eighth grade. Things seem to be normal, you know, for the most part. I mean, as normal as they were, obviously that was always a, a sticky situation. And uh, I get a phone call from my daughter's principal, um, and she's and the principal tells me, "Hey, uh, you know, there's a rumor going around that your daughter's pregnant." And so I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, I don't think it's true, but you know, some of the girls in the locker room said this or that." And so I was like, "Okay," called my wife. My wife picked her up from school, gave her a pregnancy test. Sure enough, my freaking thirteen-year-old was pregnant. Yeah. So what happened was. Um, you know, she spent the summer with her mom. Her mom has a younger brother, about 21, 22. Mom's letting my daughter party with them, smoke weed, drink, and um, date one of these guys. He was staying there with them, you know, and uh, sure as shit, gets my daughter pregnant. Yeah, yeah, 21 years old, you know, and so that was that was rough, man. That was something that'll, uh, you know, definitely drop a man to his knees. Pretty rough. Our daughters are outside I right know. now. Same age. So Same age. Just fit. playing. It's like being kids. Like you're a freaking kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of hits home now that uh, Sienna, my middle daughter, is 13 and I see it and how young she was. And um, just it's just really sad, you know, like, you know, like we talked about, like, you know, your parents are supposed to be the ones who are there for you to protect you and actually to have a parent put you. And I, I know this probably happens I know it happens in society and in the world we live in where parents can be the worst influence. You know, uh, they could totally just guide you in the wrong direction. And so that's really sad. That's heartbreaking. So, yeah, that was rough. So, um, yeah, I found out my 13-year-old, uh, eighth grader, was pregnant. And it was a, it was definitely a pill to swallow, man. What I want to pause <clears throat> and just say for a second is, is I mean the, there's there's stories like this right you you probably look in half the towns across America and stuff 
stuff's happening. And, and I think a lot of times it's easy for people to go talk shit about it and, and have no effing idea anything that's actually going on. Right, the background or and that's why I go, led up to dude, it. Dude, his pause on this is, dude, what's the, what's the background? Like, do we ever really stop to know the background? Do we, you know, just like we're saying how the courts can be hard on dads. It's like, did you ever really stop... And really get to know this man's heart and who he's trying to be and how he's trying to lead, you know? And same with this situation. You go, dude, that, like, freaking uh, rocks just even sitting here with you. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think it's easy, and we all do it. It's easy to judge. It's easy to judge people. It's easy to look at people and judge but yeah, you never know what's going on behind closed doors or what people are actually going through. And I think like through this whole process, like it's taught me a lot of grace. You know, like I do, I look at it's people. either that or run away. Yeah, and I, and I look at people too and, you know, you don't know what they're going through, you know. And so, and I was that person, you know, I was, I was, you know, struggling, you know, mentally and emotionally. So, you know, I would have hated for anyone to judge me at that time. You know, so yeah, sometimes you do. You got to stop and you just got to think and you just got to give people grace. And, you know, you just never know. You never know what's going on, you know, and you never know, like, when your kids have friends over what that kid's going through or, you know, yeah. so yeah. Dude, to be open to people. Right, right. Grace for people because you just. You don't. It's you tough. Don't it's know. tough to do, though. So you it's don't. like you just freaking hit this sweet spot of she moves in with you at three, third grade. Right. And you've kind of got this window worked really of hard counseling, parenting classes, you know, just trying to really get her. She struggled socially, uh, making friends. You know, she was an awkward kid, and and uh, really just trying to um, just do what's best for her, and was making some progress. You know, and um, so it's like you're over here hustling, right, your right, whole life to get things going, and then there's this this toxicness. That's still poisoning the well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I and I think too, like um, that could have been the straw, you know, that broke the camel's back for my wife and I. I remember, well, first first thing, my wife, when we found out that day, made me go up and press charges. And I think you know that was a really good idea because I mean I'm not gonna lie I know every everyone's macho and they're like oh you know they do that to my daughter I'm gonna kill him or I'm gonna beat that dude or but you know what um, from someone who's been there those thoughts do go through your mind oh. you know and those emotions do go I remember crying to the detective um, on the phone and just being like just give me his address I just want to talk to him you know and so we pressed charges that day because I think my wife I think my wife was a little had more insight than I did at that point. And so why was it helpful that you did it that day so that you didn't do something stupid later? I think so. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm I'm not really a tough guy or, you know, anything like that, but yeah, I think so. You know, I think that was I think that was a really good idea because I went through a lot of different emotions in the next few months. Like I dude, I can't yeah. even imagine. Yeah, so um yeah, so we ended up going up and pressing charges and then they did a whole investigation and then and so um you know, I remember telling my daughter at one point I I, I, I sent her to her mom's and I, I even thought like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna clean this mess up for you. You know, I'm not gonna do this. 
you know, and I think that was the first time that I considered giving up on her, mm. you know, and uh, I think a week, a week went by, maybe two weeks, and then I just went and got her, and I was like, no, I'm not going to do that, that's not going to be the choice that I'm going to make for her, you know, so, um, yeah, so things got really rough, you know, we had to go through a whole court thing, lasted a couple years, um, we had to get Ashley, Ashley decided she wanted to keep the baby, um, you know, I mean, at 13 years old, you know, um, abortion pops into your mind, you know, and, um, you know, looking back, that wasn't something that I ever wanted. And, um, and she, she put it into that. I remember her writing me a letter saying, I'm keeping the baby and I can't do this without you, dad, you know? And so that was really heavy. And, um, and so, you know, she ended up deciding to keep the baby. So from there, we just kind of started back at square one where we started when she was a little girl. Parenting classes. We found her a place to build. They were phenomenal. We would take her there once a week, once or twice a week. She'd earn coupons for like, you know, strollers or car seats. And then um, counseling, lots and lots of counseling. And um, I think at that point, she we had to pull out of school. She had to, she had to do some homeschooling for a year. And then she ended up doing getting her uh, GED at the continuation school. And um, she was the fastest kid ever to go to that school and get her GED, um, which, you know, uh, my daughter was just always very, very smart and intellectual, just had so much potential. So that was, you know, something we had to work on. And, um, yeah, I was, man, back to the grind, back to the grind again, you know, from 13 to 18 and then um, she, you know, she had the baby. Um, you know, the dad ended up getting his sentence, you know, um, for what he did. And uh, luckily, you know, he stayed out of her life um, up until this point. And um, yeah, so uh, it was just a grind. It was it was rough, you know. And um, so, how was your relationship with your daughter? At what point did it start to become? You know, when it she was, realized it she was needed a, you. She realized you were stable. It was almost when she became pregnant, it changed. Like it, there was a respect. There was a, you know, she needed me. You can tell she needed me to help her do this. And then the courts finally, you know, that was when the courts finally gave her mom supervised visits. And then with just the counseling and the parenting classes and the, you know, just the church, you know, we started going to a church and, um, you know, very humbling to go to a church when you're sitting next to your 13 year old pregnant daughter, but we did it and we did it, uh, consistently. Dude, you're a stud, bro. There's so many guys who would just, just fall off the face of the earth, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You know, and looking back, like, you know, you asked me that question earlier and I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. Like what kept you going on? What when you look back and tell all this shit. Don't you kind of go, well, I don't know. Maybe you just didn't have enough air to breathe to even consider yeah, stopping. And that could have been a possibility. Maybe I, mean, I just no, clearly you care. Clearly well, but you care, but it, I mean that wasn't a lot an option, of care, dude. you know. Maybe it just wasn't an option. Yeah, dude, you decided it wasn't an option. You decided this is happening. I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, not a lot of I mean, I don't want to say that that not a lot of people do that. I want to say, dude, freaking listen to this story and choose the direction you're going. And even when the shit all falls apart again, choose to keep going. You got to. Because you got to. As I'm looking at you and I'm hearing this, you you could be on your deathbed today. 
And you know you did everything you freaking could. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's what I always say. I always say, like, I could lay my head on my pillow at night and sleep well knowing that I did everything that I could for my little girl and her son. Yeah, so... um, So, she, your daughter, her life seems like it's in a good place right now. Yeah, yeah, and that's a great thing, you know, so... She got her. She got her GED. Uh, she graduated when she was. Um, I think she might have got done when she was sixteen. You know, she's always been very ambitious. Got her driver's license. She started working at fifteen. Um, you know, worked at a couple of sandwich shops, and uh, then she um, got into a medical assisting program. She just graduated from that uh, a couple weeks ago. Just got her first job. So she's working as a medical assistant. She's engaged to be married in September. Uh, super great guy. He's really stepped in and just loved my daughter and my grandson. Um, and so we're really looking forward to that. And so, yeah, yeah, you know, it's been a process. But my relationship with her now is so strong. She calls me all the time and just for advice. And we talk and we see each other and you know, that was something that I was always afraid of growing up. Like when she turns 18, I didn't know what direction it was going to go. Either she was going to split and we weren't going to have a relationship, you know, because I always had to be the tough one and make yeah. the tough choices or we were going to be super close. And, um, you know, and we are. It's great, man. It's it's a blessing. It's it's like I talked about, like with her, like she was a blessing for me to have to grow up. I feel like her son was a blessing for her to have to grow up because she wasn't going to grow up you know, with the direction that her mother was giving her and with the direction I was giving her, she wasn't going to accept it from me. So I really think that it was a blessing. I don't know where she would be now if she didn't become a mother and she's a great mother. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's this life, man. I think, you know, life can just throw you things that just can crush you, you know, and just hit you really hard. But I think that if you just keep getting back up and you just keep, fighting the good fight i think that it just pays off hard work pays off in the end so yeah we got a great relationship she's doing so good i'm so proud of her she's a hard worker it's cool man really good to see dude (laughs) i don't know what to say man it's like it's so heavy and so incredible and so real and it like you said dude it's life and we live in this society where we want things to be so perfect but in reality we talk to everybody and granted this story is definitely it's heavy dude but people mess life is messy and and we hide it a lot you know and even the fact that like you could never ever tell that story ever and just leave it all in the past you have a daughter and she's got a kid and you you know it's just and and she's getting married and life is kind of like it's Right. right and and I think the fact that you're willing to share, because I know that there's other people who are going through similar are, things or just stuff, just heavy stuff and Absolutely. go, I don't want to do the hard work anymore. I don't want to be the one who continuously does the right thing. Right. F it. I'm and not I doing fe- the right thing this way. time. I felt that way lots of times. Yeah, absolutely. But then there's something that made you and you said, like, fight this good fight, be the good, be the good in this disaster. And like you said, we're not perfect. You're not perfect. You it's you know, whatever. But nothing to jeopardize that deepest relationship that you wanted to have. Right, right, yeah. And that absolutely. takes freaking, 
integrity. It takes courage. It takes waking up every day and choosing who you want to be because how easy is it to be like, all right. So one thing, one thing I would like to say is, um, you know, you said, you know, about sharing your story, you know, like I've never really shared this story with anybody before until tonight, you know, obviously my family knows the story, um, you know, but I just felt like, you know, I'm be I'm getting older now and uh, looking back in my past, like, you know, my past, like I, I made a lot of mistakes and like, you know, someone who would have met me at 17, you know, would not recognize me now, mm. you know, and so I just wanted to share my story because I feel like if it can just touch one person, one person going through a hard time or one person who is about to be a parent. You know, whether you're a, a going to be a mother or you're going to be a father, you know, in our case, it's fathers, it's fatherhood. I just wanted to share that because it's not easy and it can be really rough. But you know what? You can turn it around. You can make it work because I didn't think I'd be able to make it work. I was shocked, you know, when I found out that I was going to be a father. But, um, you know, it's just if it could help anybody else out, then, you know, I'm, I'm happy to share Dude, it's so real. It's like, I don't want to say it's good. I don't want to say it's just so, it just, it just is, man. And it's, it is, and you're still sitting here breathing and you've been consistent and stable. And like, I can't say it enough, dude. I'm like, you are an incredible dude. I appreciate that, man. And I don't think that enough men... I mean, every day can be hard. So I don't think enough days we wake up and we look in the mirror and we necessarily feel like I'm an incredible dude. I am I am a father who has really like done the work. And I would just say, dude, you've done the work. Yeah, and I can't say I wake up every morning and I feel that way, you For, know? Yeah, I yeah. get it. But I think too, like in life, when you go through some really hard times, some really heavy stuff... I think you learn to not sweat the small stuff as much. Mm. I think you know me like you I think you've even made the comment before like dude you're always joking like you're always just having a good time and that's that's just because I think I just been through so many hard things that when you wake up and your day is semi good it's a good day. Yeah. You know because so you just enjoy it while it's there. You got to man, you got to because life can get really heavy and it can get really tough you know, really hard. Sometimes it almost feels impossible. So, you know, for anybody out there who's just going through a really, really tough time and they really feel like they have no way of getting out of it or navigating through it, that's not true. You know, there's always a way to be able to to work through things. There's always people out there that are willing to help you work through things. And God has a plan for everybody. And I know that takes me back to the question you asked me, what made you do that all those years and I think you know the best thing I've ever been in life is a father so maybe God just put me on this earth to be a dad and that's Mm. it you know because that's what I enjoy I got two other little girls you know besides my oldest and um, my grandson who I have been an intricate part in his life and I just love it I love all of them and uh, being a father is awesome man dude and see that's the thing I love is like we're just normal Joes 
Like we're just normal dudes who go, I sell insurance, you go draw blood. Yeah. We wake up, we do these jobs. Sounds pretty dorky. (laughs) No, I think the thing is, is fatherhood's a level playing field. You know, like as cool as it might be for us to, you know, interview some famous people about being fathers, which maybe we'll do someday. That'd be cool. But this is a level playing field. You said God put me on this earth to be a father. And when I hear that, you didn't say just to be a father. You said to be a father. And dude, what's more important than that? Yeah. Dude, I don't think there is. Like that is it. That's And I think too much of the time we we don't realize that until way later in life. But maybe, you know, maybe because of your story, like you saw, I mean, you decided at 19, that's what you were going to do. I'm going to do this. The All the other things, it's not what do I want to do for work? Where do I want to live? What car do I want to drive? Those, all those things were tools for you to be a dad. Mm-hmm. You put dad at the top and you found the other things to fill the holes to be able to do that thing. And dude, if our, if, if more of us thought that way dude that's what i'm going for i just don't think anybody's given us that thought to do like let's not focus on some of these other things let's let's just use those as tools to do this thing which is fatherhood and do it really intentionally and well even when it's freaking hard yeah make it a priority Mm. fatherhood is the main priority you know um being a yeah it's, it's it really is and i think if you just look at it that way um and enjoy it because it goes fast. Mm. Yeah. Dude, so so amazing and and you are incredible. Before we end this, is there any pieces of advice that you would give somebody as far as if they're a dad fighting for their kid? You know, like in the struggle, freaking waiting in line at 7 a.m. Is there any way around those things or, I mean, it, it, resources or is it just you got to find your way in? Yeah, you know, I think it just depends on, unfortunately, it depends on where you live, counties, you know, it's it's not so black and white, you know, just do your research, document things, and just fight the good fight, and just remember why you're there, remember why you're doing it, because it, it for, for a long time for me, it was like a second job, I'd get off work, I'd go do it, I'd go do it before work, I'd so be working on it at research? work. Yeah, so there's law libraries out there. So um, you just... Show up to a law library after work and I just would, go read. Yeah, I would go to law libraries. I would go to the courthouse and get the the um, the um, free legal help that would help me file my papers. And then pretty soon I got to the point where like I, I was just able to like pull up the documents on the computers myself and you know fill them out and turn them in. It just became you know filing so many motions. You know it just became you just knew how you to know, do. I it. just knew how to do it. I was educated on it. You know, but um, I hope that a lot of people don't have to go to that extent that I had to go to. But yeah, there are resources out there. Looking, you know, look online, look in your communities, ask around, and because there are, you know, people can't afford lawyers. You know, and honestly, when you're going to custody battles, lawyers aren't always the most helpful thing. You know, I had hired a lawyer once, and it was just to file my paperwork, pretty much. You know, they're not going to battle for you. You know what's at stake. You know what you know. You know how important it is. Yeah. So yeah, you just gotta do your research, and you just gotta just you know have that stick-to-itiveness to just follow through. And it's just, I guess, my advice would just be like, it's not something you can just give up on and be lazy. 
Dude, and I think the one thing I heard you say, which I've heard other people say, is document everything. Oh, absolutely. You really do. You really do. And it's tedious, and it sucks. And it's it's almost like documenting the all the BS you're going through. Right. You know, it's and like... And you got to relive it later. But, exactly. Yeah, but sheesh. I know. But you know what? That's, that's life. And looking back now, you know, where I'm at now as a father and where my daughter and her her son are now and um even even you know my other daughter my middle daughter you know she went through a lot watching this stuff happen mm. you know but i have no regrets and all that hard work that i did i would not i would not have chose a different path because who knows who knows where my girl my daughter would be now you know what i'm saying so yeah yeah, yeah so i would just you know i know there's fathers going through the, what i had to go through and going through the court system, but just you know, just keep fighting and advocating, and hopefully someday here in California, you know, they'll they'll uh, give fathers more of a chance and and more of opportunities to show their worth as fathers to their kids. Because like we talked about earlier, it's really important for both parents to be involved in a healthy relationship with their kids. If you're not being healthy, you're not doing the right things, then you know then you know i don't support that but yeah healthy relationship healthy parenting and uh you know that's what kids ultimately want like you said earlier all kids have a story about their parents right and so hopefully for me when my kids look back that's just a positive story dang matt thank you for sharing you're a great dad husband father friend i see you just uh, out in the community man being yourself and being being a positive role model to those around you and uh dude thanks for doing that because that's what our world needs yeah thanks for having me appreciate it wow what a gift for matt to share that story there's so many life lessons as i as i've listened to this a few times now there's so many lessons about strength and courage and grace and humility and and judgment i mean i think that just walking away from this going man i need to be more open to people i need to be aware of people's stories i think that's something that we regularly need to remind ourselves is that everybody has a story and that we need to be willing to be open and have grace for people and their stories and their lives because once you peel back some layers and you look into a family into a home into a story you have grace you have compassion i just want to thank all of you dads listening to rebel and creates fatherhood field notes podcast what you do matters listening to this story reminds us that what we do matters the consistency the strength uh, the courage that we bring to every day matters Please don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, your spouse, and your community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood.